So yeah, so the idea is just to get to know you. You've been to farm, so you know um, what this event is like. Um, but I'm going to assume that people know absolutely nothing about you, never heard of you, and they will listen to the podcast uh, just to find out more about you. Um, and even if they're not coming, just because we like a good old photography natter. So let's start by if you could introduce yourself and um, yeah, just just let us know who you are and where you are. Okay, doc. Uh, my name is Sean Bell. I'm a wedding and elopement photographer, I'm based just outside Edinburgh, in Scotland. Lovely, lovely Scotland. What's the weather like in Scotland today? It was really nice today, actually. We had a blue sky day, um, and it felt very much like spring. Mm. Uh, which has been a change because it's been um, pissing rain for the last week or something. So yeah. it's really nice to get out and walk when it's uh, blue skies for a change. So you are just outside of Edinburgh. So is it quite, is it that place? Because I went up last year to shoot a wedding in a castle somewhere near Edinburgh. Uh, Melville Castle, that's the name of yeah. it. Yeah. Is that the actual village where you live? Yeah, I'm about, um, yeah, five minutes drive. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you go into the town, the little town? I did. I went into the town because I was a bit peckish before the wedding and we went to get some coffees and some tonics. Uh, You know the bar, I don't know what it's called, but the one that's covered in coconut? Is it Caramel Log? Caramel Logs. Yeah, it's a log, yeah. You never ever, yeah, you never get those down south, never. Um, yeah, oh. staple diet. Yeah, they're so Not good. <laughs> they are so, so, good. so good. I love tonics anything. Um, but yeah, we get the tea, everyone does the tea cakes and the caramel yeah. bars, but the caramel log, no. You don't get it down there, that's, that's strange that they export the tea cakes but not the, the logs. Well, um, I'm thinking, so when I go up to thrive, I have to go up with a big suitcase full of stuff for the goodie bags. So it'd be quite empty on the way back. So maybe I'll just stock up on the caramel logs. That's a good show. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good show. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favourite tonic product? It is the caramel log. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. It's, um, I don't know what the, they used to have, um, like silvery wrappers and we used to like, you know, similar to the tea cakes, mm. and we we used to kind of make magic kind of shapes out of them. You know, when we were kids. But yeah, oh. everybody loved the wafer or the tea cakes. But yeah, the log all the wafer. For Did me. you not have any toys when you were a child? No, just wrappers. <laughs> you know, imagination. That's all you need. <laughs> oh, okay. So let's talk a little bit about where you did. Did you grow up near where you live now, or where? Yeah, I've not moved far, and I think that's partly to do with it's nice access into the city, and it's also really countryfied, and I, I quite like the country. So I grew up, um, yeah, around about this area, and it's it's nice that the Edinburgh, it's Edinburgh's moving out now, yeah. So so it's all joining. We're just becoming okay. kind of boroughs, yeah. So yes. there's no kind of defined kind of boundaries anymore. Um, but the Edinburgh people used to like refer to us as people that lived out in the sticks mm-hmm. like in the woods as if we were some sort of tribe 
like you know because we weren't city people um but we're a bit rough around the edges but uh, I, I like it out here nice do your parents still live there yeah yeah they're, they're both here so um yeah i never really felt the need to move away you know mm -hmm. i traveled a little bit when i was you know just after school and stuff like that but um yeah i came back nice and do you have any siblings no only one just you just me it's i have um yeah i have t i grew up really close with two cousins my mum and her sister are really close and um so um i grew up with them and we just all got thrown in together you know it mm -hmm. was um so they're they're like sisters to me you know? so i grew up it was all women in the, in the family yeah, i grew up it was yeah i was surrounded by it was all girls okay lots, lots of aunties and cousins and all girls yes ah oh, nice see that's why you're such a lovely man <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> you are and you know it you are it's such a gent you're always so lovely to be around that's very kind <laughs> so um you recently hosted your own workshop didn't you did i did yeah so tell me about that so first of all tell me i'm quite intrigued about the name what did you call it i called it at the coal face mm-hmm so um, a couple of reasons, really the first reason was I knew I was going to use this space which is nearby, which is a, a mining museum. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just two minutes down the road from me. It's a really cool space. They do weddings there. Mm -hmm. um, so you get access into like all the cool old industrial areas. And, you know, there's a powerhouse and, you know, underneath the old brickwork arches and there's old, you know, it's all still very much as it was mm -hmm. um so yeah for that but really the main reason was i guess at the coalface that the term at the coalface just means doing the proper work you know kind of being at the coalface you know it's not like talking about doing work it's actually practically getting in and um and doing it and, and i guess that's what i wanted the workshop to be was really really practical um for people Cool. Yeah, I like it. I really like the name. It's um, different and um, it is how it feels, isn't it? <laughs> like, what was that, sorry? It is kind of how it feels. Uh, it's all yeah. quite hard work, isn't it? So it does sort of feel... Yeah, yeah. I guess that was the sort of, you know, it wasn't going to be any fluff about it. Just really like, you know, this is a, this is the stuff that can happen on a day and this is where your time sinks are going to be and this is, you know, you've just got to work really, really hard and and um, look ahead and see what you can mm -hmm. make up time and be creative and, and all that sort of stuff. So that was the idea. Uh, yes, your own workshop. What motivated you to to do a workshop sort of now? What have you people been asking you to do one for a while or something you wanted to do, wanted to give it a whiz or what was the thinking that got you to actually put one out there? do it yeah and, and i think I, I was getting a few messages from people asking if i would if i would do one um people from down south and and, and various you know just that instagram kind of messages and things like that and and it was never really on my radar i, I mean i've done stuff in the past helping people with dslr you know beginners and things like that you know mm -hmm. and i really enjoyed that um I, I do enjoy that whole kind of given thing and seeing like little 
light bulb moments for for mm -hmm. people you know I really I, I genuinely enjoy that um, so people had asked and I just kept the messages for ages and thought no nah, I'm not bothered I'm not bothered and then um, yeah I, I honestly don't know what it was I just thought oh, I could do it at the museum I know the girl that works there I could get some rooms and just keep it really low-key not not about making it big or fancy or anything like that and just see who's interested if they want to come along and if I do it you know I, I want to do it in a really practical way you mm -hmm. know um, not big epic backdrops and stuff you know just really nitty-gritty of a wedding day and and go through each of the stages of a wedding day and um, time them you know mm -hmm. give them time challenges and bad light and mm. that sort of stuff you know so that was my sort of um idea mm. but, yeah. but yeah i really enjoyed it and I, re I was really really nervous at first but um there was a, a lovely crowd and yeah i got into the, the flow of it and it's just a a really nice thing to be able to kind of give a wee bit of knowledge back and also i i learned stuff as well mm -hmm. which is which is good well, that's learning. pretty much how I first did a workshop. So just warning you, you know, it's good. Oh my be... God, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> a big old can of worms you're opening there. No, I just don't know how you do it, honestly, on that scale. You know, even just that little scale. And we, you know, didn't get anybody else involved. Justina, my partner, mm -hmm. helped out massively. So she, like, made the flowers and we, we got a dressmaker and stuff. And I thought, that, you know, nobody else involved. Just us doing this, just 10 students. and. Mm -hmm on attendees or whatever and and um even that you know just super local super low key and there was stuff going going wrong all over the place so hats off to you <laughs> it's um, how you do it. yeah it's a challenge it's a challenge but you know like i said i did start off um same as you people getting in touch and asking me for education and i just thought well instead of giving this all out and drips and drabs Maybe I'll put it all in one yeah. room and see if people want to come along and learn. Um, and and that, that was as much, like, I never thought I would be an educator and it was there's still no grand plan with farm, I've got to be honest. It's still year to year and event to event. Um, yeah. But I think I was glad to have scaled it up at a nice pace. I see other people setting up a conference sort of size event for photography especially in wedding photography and um, maybe without having done those baby steps in between and they then find out how incredibly hard work it is and maybe yeah. not quite as profitable as they think it's going to be off the bat so yeah. yeah you know it's it's funny over the time that I've been doing it I guess this is 10 years of farm now um, I've seen a lot of other things come and go. Yeah. <laughs> and that kind of shows you, you know, that you're doing it in the right way. And, mm. well, I still and love it. Yeah, that's the thing. I love it. You know, and I, I know when we go up to Glasgow, people always say, well, how come you take it up to Scotland? And I was like, we just get really a nice crowd that come along. And it, it's not as competitive to do workshops up in Scotland. There isn't as many people doing them. Um, and I think when Scottish photographers turn up, they turn up ready to learn. You know, they're really keen to learn. They yeah. are super serious about it. 
I feel a little bit sort of down south. It's not that people are not serious about learning, um, but I don't know. I don't know what the, what there is. It's a very different vibe in Scotland. I think it's probably a lot to do with that you have such a lovely established community up there um, that we just never seem to get off the ground down south. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? I never really thought about it in that way. Why, why the the Scottish contingent always, you know, you you like obviously coming here, and mm. you know everybody seems so keen to kind of learn yeah. things like that. It's, you know, I thought it would have been the same for down south, you know, just everybody being keen. Yeah, they're very different vibes, um, you know. But it's nice. It's not. I think it's nice. It's just very slightly different. I'm thinking of bringing Thrive over to Belfast um, mm. later in the year and doing a version of it there mm. um, because I think it's got similar vibes to Scotland. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I've got a few good friends in the community over there. I just think it'd be a laugh. <laughs> yeah. Our Irish cousins, you know. Well, yeah. Take <laughs> it all home. Close. Take it back home. And you're from, you're from over. Yeah, over yeah. There, so I'm from Northern Ireland. And yeah. um, my mom was originally from Belfast. I was there last last week. I think yeah, it was last week. I was back home. Um, yeah. and it made me start thinking. Well, we should, you know, we should we should do something. I feel like there was a few things going on there that photographers were putting on. So I thought there's no real need for farm to be there. But I feel like there are some of the things that maybe slipped away now. I haven't seen an event go up that's based over there this year. So yeah, it's just a thought. Maybe yeah. if you're listening, you're based in Belfast and you want us to come over, let me know. Cool. So Take do you think on. you will do any more now? Well, I said, well, on the, if you'd asked me that on the first day when I was just about to start speaking, I would say, what the hell? Absolutely no way. Um, but we went out for a few beers after it on the Friday and with a couple of the guys that had came along. And... Yeah, I think I felt like there was a few things that I could have tweaked along the way, obviously, mm. but everybody, I got really nice feedback. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I would, but I definitely wouldn't do it for any bigger number. Yeah. I thought I would never go past that 10. I'm saying never, you know, but yeah. that, honestly, I've <laughs> recorded here. Um, no, honestly, Lisa, it's just, it is really just. Um, yeah, that, that number 10 and just keeping it like low key like that. So, yeah, I, I would like to, you know, if people ask and if people are kind of interested and, mm. and they want that sort of, it's maybe not for everyone, you know, it's definitely not like that big workshop that you, you get all the lots of speakers, big name, you know, mm. names coming in and very inspiring and all that sort of thing. It is just a very sort of tradesman-y type, you know, mm journeyman type um, advice that I'm given, you know, in, mm -hmm. in that respect, you know, I do a wee bit on the business and to and my, my little journey to here, but it is very much just um, on the tools, you know, very mm -hmm. practical and, mm -hmm. you know, and maybe some photographers don't necessarily need that. They mm -hmm. want maybe more to be inspired and to take it further in a sort of conceptual way or things like that, you know, they've got the technical part dialed, you know. Mm. Yeah, so it was a little mix, but yeah, mostly, mostly just being on the tools, really. And did you have uh, Gary and Corin 
modeling. Yes. <laughs> Supermodels. They're as so, blazing, as yeah. Well, they're so fun, aren't they? Um, yeah, so they amazing. are farmers. They've been to our workshops, yeah. and they're a couple, and they've ended up modeling. They've modeled multiple times for a farm. Yeah. And for other people as well. And uh, I'm always joking with them saying they need to set up one of these model couple Instagrams that have, you've started to see now. <laughs> I know. A few of them have followed me. Yeah. Have you, it's, it's a thing now, isn't yeah, it? It's a thing. It's yeah. a thing. And I'm always oh, like, Gary and Corinne, you should be one of those couples. Yeah, totally. You've got a great portfolio. You've been shot by like Virgerista. Yeah, <laughs> totally. All these incredible photographers are like probably yeah. just take it in their stride now. But I saw that you got Corinne in a wedding dress. <laughs> yeah. Taking the portfolio so was, up. I know. So it was kind of weird. And I, I guess I was just kind of all in the moment and being kind of concentrating on kind of what people were doing and trying to kind of explain, you know, certain scenarios and stuff, you know, or in prep and looking at kind of what I would be looking for in prep and if, the lighting's all like this. And then I stopped for a minute and I thought, oh, God, they must be so excited. Like, Corrine's in the wedding dress, Gary's all dressed up. And <laughs> they must be thinking, oh, this is like, you know, a little flutter of, like, this is the big day kind of thing. So it was it was a bit strange at first, but, no, nah, it was a good laugh, you know, what they're yeah. like. You know, they're such a diamond couple. They're amazing. <laughs> one so day, good. one day we'll get them actually married. <laughs> yeah. And we'll just all, you know, Maybe do fifteen minutes with them each out throughout the day and get a nice portfolio wedding album. <laughs> well, that's what happened, wasn't it? When one of the um, farmers got married, who was it that got married? And, and lots of them all shot it. Uh, oh, it was Ewan, it's, wasn't it? Ewan. Oh, was it Ewan? Right, okay. Ewan Robertson. Yes, and uh, right. so when him and Kat got married up in Scotland. Um, I think a few of the farmers volunteered to do it, so they split it all into sections and shot different sections. So maybe right. I don't know six of them or yeah, something over cool. the day. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, but it was really good fun. So <laughs> good. Yeah, it must have been probably a little bit frustrating as well because I think you just want to when you see pictures, you want to jump in and be the one taking them. I don't know. But I've seen some of the pictures yeah. and they were great. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's like, good. I if they'd done like certain sections and say, okay, you're doing prep, you're doing yeah. this, you're doing that, you know, but yeah, you would be fighting to the front to get the best. Yeah. Oh, Gary and Corin, yeah. there'll be like 30 of us all shooting it for them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was so good. So nice. Excellent. So, um, tell us a little bit about, have you always been a photographer or did you have a career before that? Uh, no, not really. I, I went to college mm -hmm. and studied photography. Um, done a little bit of just um, wandering about before then. Mm -hmm. So I went to Greece and worked over there for a bit. And I was just um, playing guitar in bars and being a waiter. And I had lots of different jobs, you know. I'd done loads of different things. Just traveling about, having a little gappy, mm. gap year, you know, and, and stuff like that. Um, and kind of wandered about. I was just I was playing in bands a lot, and that's kind of all I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I came back and I, I needed to really get stuck into something. And photography had been there since I was maybe 
late teens, I think, because mm-hmm. my dad was really keen. And uh, he had a dart room in the spare room in the house. He would set up a temporary dart room. And when I was a wee boy, and I, I don't know, I just wasn't allowed to go in, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I just saw this red light kind of emanating from the door, and it always kind of fascinated me. So I don't know. Um, yeah, so went to college, studied there photography and a bit of film there and then I got offered a job at the Evening News, it's a local paper. Mm-hmm. Um, I just applied and went and done some work experience with them and so I never finished my photography course but you know mm-hmm. I got a job. Yeah I just I left and um, they gave me all my cameras and the paper and I, yeah I just started as a junior photographer on the local paper. So. Wow. And was that Edinburgh or was that out in the sticks? That was Edinburgh, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's Edinburgh Evening News. So it was part of the Scotsman group. Okay. So it was part of, you know, Scotsman, Scotland on Sunday and the Edinburgh Evening News. So I started on there and then moved on to other, the national papers and stuff after, after a wee while. And when was your first wedding? Oh, my God. I would... Well, actually, I got my cousin's wedding in two thousand and three. Wow! <laughs> but I wasn't a wedding. But I wasn't a wedding photographer. You just someone point. they knew who had cameras. Yeah, which I guess is like how most people just end up doing it, isn't it? But yeah, that was just just some extra. I got some some money for it, and I, I could buy a new guitar amp and. Things like that, and then, but I actually really enjoyed it. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't really know the run of weddings, you know, things like that. I just uh, came at it from a from what I knew, just uh, shooting press. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, did you shoot it like a a story, or like um, if you came from a press background, were you looking for moments, or did you shoot it thinking, okay, I'll do what wedding photographers do? Yeah, I, I I definitely shot it more like uh, I would shoot a feature with mm-hmm. the newspaper. So it was it was just a lot of docu mm-hmm. stuff. Obviously, I'd done groups and things like that, and um, but yeah, it was very much because I hadn't been to really any weddings that I remember. I didn't really know what wedding photographers done, you know. So I just turned up and shot it like how I would shoot a feature for the for the newspaper, which was very much just. I shot prep when I've done the whole day and document and mm-hmm. candidates and things like that, you know. So. so, and then you kept working in the newspaper, but when well, you did that first wedding, did that ignite something in you where you were like, oh, I really enjoyed that, I want to revisit that, or was it when you did the next wedding, was that another accident? Yeah, um, I think the... I, I went into it, then, well... That that was fine and that, that all went okay. And then I it was a couple of years later, I think, maybe two thousand six or something. I got asked to do another one. And I went to that one and and I felt like I would be okay, you know, I've done it before and I've got more experience uh, with press. And I turned up and I realised how hard it was, you know. <laughs> I, that they were asking me to do things and certain and that's interesting, you know, I had a lot of experience, you know, I guess, at that point. Mm. 
I still never. I, you, you need the wedding experience is different, you know. Mm. I, I think you know. Um, mm. So yeah, but I enjoyed it, and then I shot an elopement, and I kind of thought that that's how it was always going to be after that. You know, I shot I shot an elopement in Glencoe, and it was two thousand and six, and I kind of thought this is cool, like, you know, because I like being up here anyway. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, this is what I'll do. I'll just shoot these types of things, you know, but. Back then, it just wasn't. No, really I was going to say. I think, I think you know? 2006. Yeah, uh, probably still all quite um, well quiet up in Glencoe because yeah, <laughs> it's quite busy up there now, isn't it? And the island it sky. It's like you're just tripping yeah. over elopements everywhere oh. you go. It's just like you can't. There's more styled shoots than there are deer. Yeah. Going on at any one point, you know, <laughs> you drive along Glenetiff, and it's like. <laughs> You've got more chance to hit a uh, person from a style shoot than you have from a deer. But well, get yeah, this: but... I was up there randomly. So when we were doing the recce before we committed to doing the shoot day up in Glencoe, yeah. yeah. well, I went up with um, a little bunch of people just to do a recce, um, and we had driven down. So Mark Bakura was with us. Mark from Wooden Banana. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, there's a nice bit where you can really easily access some waterfalls and it's down the side road that people don't know about too much. And it was on the way driving down to a lock. So he took us down there. There was like a little pull-in space for a couple of cars. So we'd pulled in and we were off exploring, but it was a bit cold. So I went back to the car to get a sweater with um, Lindsay Mack, one of the farmers. And yeah. a car, like there's nothing for miles. A car comes driving past and we can see that it's got a bride and groom in the back and it was yeah it was a farmer it was Andrew Ray um oh was it Andrew gosh I can't remember oh, I'm bad with names but it was one of the farmers anyway driving right, okay. a, a couple down to shoot in this lock right. <laughs> it's like oh hello it's just everywhere yeah. <laughs> So we were just cool. like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, what you do? Are we just hanging out on this little yeah, country lane? It's random. Yeah, it was quite funny. I did give him image of the week because it was scorching that day. It was like really full direct sun, um, yeah. which you just don't expect. And it, it kind of didn't look right up there. You know, you need yeah. cloud cover. You need, it looks, you need it to look moody. It looked way totally. too sunny. You need um, like low lying clouds yeah, and, and you know, about, like in the morning mist rising. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was about two in the afternoon. And so the sun was quite high as well. And I thought, good luck to you going down there yeah. to shoot. Because I honestly didn't know what I would shoot. Like, this is yeah. really hard light to work with. Um, but he did a great job. His pictures were amazing. Um, yeah. Do you remember who it was? Oh, it's bugging me now. I feel. Uh, I've got to look it up. I've got image of the week as well. Yeah, let's. Yeah. Uh... Um, it's it is difficult. I think Glencoe can be because it's so open. When it is like super sunny like that, there are little kind of areas down Glenetta that have got like nice tree cover and things like that. So we're always running running to them. But um, yeah, Glencoe uh, looks definitely better when it's all. It was David covered. Grant Simpson. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Sorry, David. I remember. I remember the image. I think was it a black and white. It's black image? and white, and um, a couple with and the bride. So the bride's got that beautiful henna on her hands, 
And so he has framed them using her hands and then framed the couple's faces within that. So it's blocking out. So and got them pointed towards the hard light. I mean, hats off to him. It's was such difficult shooting circumstances. So, uh, yeah, because that's it. You you think you're going to get these moody, (laughs) big skies and maybe a nice romantic bit of drizzle. (laughs) <laughs> you can yeah. cope with what you're expecting up there. You're not expecting full sun. And yeah. this, I think, yeah. So guys who shoot up there all the time, like you and Neil and Mark Pakura, have got your backup plans. Um, thank goodness. Yeah. Little wooded areas that you know and little tricks that you can use. So tell me about Sky, because you, you shoot up in um, Sky, quite at the Isle of Sky as well, quite a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm not up there. I guess as as much as a lot of people. I guess, but um, I do get. I do. I feel we're up there in April. I'm up there. In, yeah, I think there's. We're going to come back down. We're, it's like two late weddings. Sort of. There's one on the seventeenth and one on the twenty fifth. But we're going over to Rassi, which is Wee Island next to Sky. Um, and I've never been there, and it's um, I'm getting married in a distillery when it's like the first wedding to be in this new distillery or something like that. But, um, so yeah, I, I don't. I'm not up there like every weekend, you know. That would be be mental. But um, yeah, I do like it. It's certainly busier than when I first started going to Sky, you know, uh, for hill walking and things like that. I, I can't believe it when I go up there sometimes and the roads and the the hot spots, you know, it's. It's, it's, oh man, it's it's really. I don't know. It makes me sad a little bit sometimes, <laughs> you know, to see it like that. It's difficult, isn't it? I sort of feel the same way about Northern Ireland because it was always like no, there's lots of parts of Northern Ireland that are really beautiful, but since that bloody Game of Thrones, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some of it is just now really touristy. And busy, so places that were always really deserted and photogenic, right. and and now are just full of Instagrammers. Um, you know, it is it is difficult. It must be really difficult for, for the people in the hotspots up in Glencoe and Sky, and similar with Iceland and all of that. You know, it's um, yeah. it's a funny world we live in now, isn't it? With this Instagram influence on how we do our holidays (laughs) yeah it's crazy and there's so many other beautiful areas you know Mm. within scotland and and but it's very difficult because a client gets in touch and sees something and wants to go there and Mm. you know as much as you say to them maybe try this if it's not been recorded so much it's not so well Mm. known you know it's Mm. difficult you know, so, and it's, yeah, if you're living at the end of the day, you've got to go and please the client. But, yeah, sometimes it does get really, um, to the point where I, I always say, like, that ceremony time has to be earlier or later, mm-hmm. you know, at certain spots. So, like, I've done ceremonies at the Fairy Glen on Sky that are, like, half past eight in the morning. Wow. Um, eight o'clock in the morning. And it's, like, almost as if once everybody in the hotels and the Airbnbs have their breakfast, we just rock up at nine. Yeah. You know, so we were just leaving with all the pictures and we're um, driving down the Fairy Glen and everybody was just all 
you know, we were the only car there in the morning. Yeah. And by the time we'd left, like two hours later, you know, there was, you know, countless cars and countless people all over the place, you know. It's that Scotland. It's, it's just yeah, too pretty. We, 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 it's good income, you know, tourism. And, you know, mm. I don't blame people at all for it, you know. Mm. It's, um, you know, people want to come and see beautiful landscapes and it's amazing, you know. I, I totally don't blame them, but. Yeah. It's hard to work through it sometimes. But then that's the advantage if you're a local, you know, and you're getting booked because, I mean, I imagine a lot of you specialising in elopements now, aren't you, a lot? So probably getting contacted by people who a lot of times live in the States or Canada and they, you know, want to come over to Scotland. But if they're booking a local photographer, you know, that's the kind of knowledge that you come with is like about timings and maybe other locations and making it look for them how they've imagined it because nobody is coming to Scotland for an elopement because they imagine a car park full of cars and other people yeah. in the background doing the same thing. I always yeah. remember like, um, so way before I was a wedding photographer, so I was a music industry photographer for a, a good while and uh, one of the first jobs that I got was um, I worked with uh, PJ and Duncan as their what? official photographer. Amazing. So I used to go on Let's the... get ready to rumble. Yeah, totally ready to rumble. Um, and Amazing. you'd go on their video shoots and then we were on one in Barcelona oh. in Gaudi Park. And just remember all of a sudden, I think about five o'clock in the afternoon, this like streams of brides and grooms appeared with their photographers, like literally... I know 50, 50 couples turn up and they queue up and they just stood and then they had their photograph taken in this one particular place with their photographer. Then they moved on and the next couple would jump in. I don't remember standing there watching and thinking, what the actual hell? Like, who would do this on your wedding day? What a waste of time. And just for that one oh. picture and, you know, but it's what people did. And I remember just thinking, God, that's insane. Like, everyone ends up with the same wedding photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to end up like that in Glencoe. <laughs> totally. And that's, I think that's, yeah. I mean, Instagram's pretty homogenized as it is, you know, it's like the whole industry is yeah. just kind of like that, isn't it? But yeah, it's definitely happening. And I think it, I don't know, it just takes a couple of clients that are maybe thinking a wee bit, more outside the box and they'll, they'll just let you run with it and mm. because there are honestly there's so many beautiful areas in, in Scotland that are that nobody's there you know <laughs> but yeah. they're stunning you know uh, they've just not been looked at yet well what I found amazing when we went up for the shoot day was just how much there was in such a tiny like local like one area um where we were based at that beautiful King's House Hotel. Yeah, so nice. And I, you know, I've seen all these pictures with Glencoe in the background and I'm not, you know, you said you're like into hiking. I'm not really into hiking. I was thinking, well, we'll have to walk for miles. We'll have to get like special boots and go through like rivers to get to these spots. But you really don't like it's literally the side of the road right beside the hotel. Yeah. And yeah. the the deer... I could not get over this. So I always thought, you know, you'd have to have all these tricks. Like, you should try getting deer to come anywhere near you in Richmond Park. Like, you can't. <laughs> you can't. They might. You might see a few antlers way off in the distance, but you can't get anywhere near them. 
Yeah. Um, there's no way. And uh, I, you know, I thought it'd be similar. So I thought like these photographers, like Neil, that I was seeing with deer in the picture, I was like, they must have these amazing techniques to get lure the deer in. Like, must be special places that they go. And all. But literally, we pulled up, and it's just like they're all. You have to wait for them to get out of the road. They've just all appeared. They were all eating out of your hand. Um, all just right there looking super pretty in the super pretty landscape. And I was like, this is too easy. This is like this is like Disneyland, like Scotland, you know, by Disney. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think Neil's got some special trick, though, because I, I was there with a couple. I shot an elopement in Glencoe December 22nd. And we went down, they were staying at the King's house. Yeah. So I went to drop them back off after we'd, um, we'd done some shots down Glen Etta. It was getting quite late, actually. It was not a big blue hour by this point. Mm. So, um, but they really wanted some shots with the deer. Yeah. And um, we, they were there by the little pond at the, the hotel. And I said, okay, I'll see if I can get a couple. We walked over and they just turned their back on us. <laughs> and they left. So I've, I've obviously not got the, the same report. Ah. You guys have. Well, maybe it depends like because when we first turned up it was lunchtime and the hotel do feed them uh, so i wonder if they're quite full that. by five and yeah. they don't really yeah. give a shit <laughs> yeah. just like, whatever. i had I had so many caramel logs as well and they just were not <laughs> <laughs> don't give caramel logs to the deer <laughs> save them for yourself don't waste that stuff yeah, yeah. Ah, so <laughs> Nice, healthy diet. Um, so marketing yourself as an elopement photographer, um, is there specific things that you're doing that uh, put you in front of those couples? Because I would imagine it's not so much of a word of mouth kind of marketing approach when you are dealing with a lot of international clients. Yeah. Yeah, for me, and I, as I say, it's not like I'm there every weekend or anything you know um, it's still you know I love doing them because I love being in the you know I was a hiker and a climber before I was a photographer and mm -hmm. you know that I, I want to be there but yeah marketing wise um, for it is Instagram a lot of the time mm -hmm. um, I am working a little bit on you know SEO and, and things like that but Instagram I will I will just put you know posts out there that will target the states or you know parts of asia and various countries that we know that a lot of these couples do want to come to scotland you know and, and on my sort of um ads you know it's people that are interested in scotland and and, mm -hmm. and, and different sort of activities that i would think that they would mm. you know because that's because I, I like doing them Sorry. so you're actively putting out ads on instagram to attract couples for elopements yeah yeah definitely i think that's as you said it's that international thing and, and as much as google's great and people are finding me still you know um on my website you know through the website and things like that definitely when i on my little website form how did you find me it was it was instagram you know mm. so the hashtags and the the odd i'll boost a post if it's if i feel that it's something that I want to um, show if it's the kind of work I want to do more of mm -hmm. um, I will boost that post and and select my target audience and you know I won't target photographers um, mm -hmm. 
I'll target more um, the American market because that's we we do you know that's the way it is. We get a lot more of international uh, clients want to look to Scotland, so mm. yeah, and, and that definitely works. For you know, not like massively, but I, I definitely get a few from that. Cool, and you said Asia as well. So you, yeah, you're seeing a lot of those couples coming over. Yeah, Singapore especially had a lovely couple, um, Michelle and James from Singapore recently on Sky, and um, oh, so nice, you know, uh, had such a great time. They were crazy into their beer; they love beer, and um, so we we just drove round Sky and we were doing some couple shooting. Midway through the shoot, we went to the Sky Brewery and you know and kind of had stuff like that. But um, yeah, so they're always like the couples that I've had, you know, from from that sort of area, yeah. Always nice. really nice and always really kind of in full wonder of the landscape as well. Well, it's not difficult, is it? It's so spectacular. No, too. Yeah. Yeah. I did one with a couple where they were from the States and I made the mistake of just saying to them, so I flew up to Glasgow and stayed with some friends in the West End and uh, they said, oh, we'll be hiring a car. And I was like, great, so you just swing by, pick me up, and then we'll drive up. Uh, we went sort of up towards, um, uh, uh, is it Camps- Campsy? Is that right? Campsies, yeah. Yes, up there. Outside Glasgow, yeah. Yeah, so not that far, it's quite accessible. Yeah. But they had just picked up this hire car, never driven in Europe, and the roads are quite hairy in places, aren't they? Yeah. And uh, I honestly feared for my life because he was driving so close to these sheer drops. And then at one point, he nearly pulled out in front of a juggernaut because he just looked yeah. the wrong way. I was like, next time I do this, I will drive. <laughs> Harry. So, so sketchy. Yeah. We, had, we, actually, we were actually meant to go up to Sky with a couple. Um, my partner, Justina, and I were doing like... Uh, like little films as well and things like that. And so the couple got married in Edinburgh, but we're going to Sky like afterwards as mm. a little sort of tour. Mm. And so they wanted us to film and photograph their whole like adventure here. Um so I was like, Yeah, that's that's cool, we'll do that. So we went to Edinburgh and we got, and then the next day we said, Okay guys, we we'll drive up and we'll meet you up there and we were maybe two hours drive up and we got a phone call and they're they're from like Houston, you know, so they're not used to driving on icy roads in Scotland. Or oh, tiny roads, yeah, they're big freeways. Yeah, they'd had a massive smash, they'd gone onto the side of a bridge and um, oh, no. they had to sack the whole thing, they just, they, they were too shaken up, you know, so. Oh no. Uh, yeah, it just wasn't used to ice, you know, mm. or, or, you know, slightly sketchy roads. Oh no, were they okay? Shaken? Yeah. I think, you know, because they, they, cause we said to them, it's okay, guys, we could go to Glencoe or we'll, we'll drive. And they just didn't want to get back in a car, you know. Yeah, uh, that's difficult, isn't it? So, but no broken yeah. bones or anything. No broken bones. And that was the main thing, you know, because they were <laughs> so apologetic. You know, we were just like, well, you guys are okay. That's that's all that matters, you know. So, <laughs> so we've left it open-ended for them to okay. come back. We've left it to okay. be continued. Just do a city shoot with them, nice and safe. Nice and safe. Keep it safe. <laughs> so you mentioned Justina, um, yeah. who I've met, and you've also done some modelling for us. So you can't meet me yes. and not at some point do some modelling for Tom. 
we will rope you in um well yes who so she is now shooting with you you don't call yourselves a duo though do you You're still marketing yourself as, as sean bell and then she's shooting alongside you yeah it, it kind of because she's got her own photography mm-hmm. um business and i've got mine and i guess but but she does second shoot for me mm-hmm. like most of the time mm-hmm. and i've just we we started this other thing we are elopers which is i'm shooting i'm filming and justina's doing the stills mm-hmm. uh, which is quite exciting and it's very we're still trying to get it moving we've got mm-hmm. a couple of gigs this year um which is uh it's quite exciting for us and you know that's our own little kind of thing together nice we can work on you know but um as for now you know i think it's just we're just keeping it the way it is you know she has her own i have mm-hmm. mine but and i've second shot for her as as, as well for justina too which mm-hmm. is great i love it i love second shooting oh more of that like, You'd be a professional second shooter, do you think we could? Yeah, should we just, bad? you and I just set up <laughs> our own little agency. We go out and second shoot all the time yeah. because just no pressure is the thing. One of the yeah, things I struggle great. the most with wedding photography is you. Just, there's just so much pressure on you to be directing all the time, to be in charge all the time. Yeah. When as a creative, what you kind of want to do a lot of the time is step back and get some headspace and come up with a concept, come up, you know, be creative, but because you're so under pressure with time and with everything else that, you know, the couple are committed to doing on that day. um, And you just got to rush, 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 rush. So the couple of times that I've second shot, it's just so lovely because you can hang back and just see a really big overview and see a shot that you would just never think of, I think, when you're too busy yeah. running the show. Yeah. And then, of course, you'd have to do any editing afterwards. That's always nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah. pass it all over. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's fun. It's fun. I would do more of it, but I have to say, if I when I do have free weekends, I really don't want to give them up. Like, That's, I, that is yeah. it, isn't it? I know. It's really... I do on a Friday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Professional second shooter. Fridays only. Fridays only. Yeah, or midweek. It. Midweek. I would do or, a midweek. Yeah, that's all right. It, it is really, it is true though, that you say, because you become really kind of quite tunnel vision mm. if there's time against you and um, that, that creative can be mm. sort of squished a little bit, you know, get stifled you know underneath yeah. those conditions and it's just having the ability to step back and take a breath and yeah just try and gather it but a lot of the time you don't but yeah definitely as a second i've got some of my favorite images as a second yeah you know, the, the, the documentary stuff you know because um you're, you're in a different place you know and i also think one of the fun things is that Often there is an obvious shot and the main photographer is going to be in the position to get that. Yeah. And I think as the mm. second, you're forced to have to find a different angle or use yeah. a lens that you wouldn't normally learn, like use. And, yeah. um, and, and that's almost a big part of a creative process in itself. Like just necessity is forcing you to not do what you would, you know, be your go-to shot and be the obvious shot. Um, yeah. You know, which I, again is just really enjoyable and challenging um yeah i think one of your images that you won image of the week with was on a 70 to 200 i remember being quite surprised um yeah that that because it was 
a shot that was in the landscape and it was a couple shots so I would never normally have had a 70 to 200 on my camera unless it, well, I was shooting candids or speeches like I would never have a 70 to 200 out when I was doing portraits um, so is that something that you regularly would use in the portrait session or was there a reason for that particular shot yeah I wouldn't normally use it um I mean, I did, you know, I used that years ago, but yeah, 85s is sort of long as I go um, from there. But but I always have it in the bag, mm. and it is just that sort of backup in case an 85, you know, dies in me or whatever. But um, that day we'd been driving down to the little boat where we were going to get the boat over to Loch Kuruisk. So they were getting married, it was on Sky, they were getting married in Loch Kuruisk. And as I was driving down, I saw the trees on the kind of horizon mm. and that that mountain, and it was so such different light at that point because it was morning, but mm. it still looked nice. And I thought that's that's got potential, but I knew um, or sort of had an inkling that it would need to be I'd need to be far enough back to get enough height. So I was almost level with them, mm-hmm. and also to crush the perspective of the the distant mountain because it was like so far away. You mm-hmm. know, so I would need something longer. So l- luckily, it's just always in the bag, and I knew it was be needed. You know, just to crush mm-hmm. that perspective, and for me to be able to, because it was so low near to them, I needed to run back far enough to get up high enough. Does that make sense? Yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean because I know what the picture you know what is. Yeah. So, I, so yeah, I just had to. Um, telephoto in and, and, and crush it all so that yeah it's very rare that I use it but, but yeah it's nice just to have it there in the bag I know it's runner. funny I feel like a lot of new photographers just you know don't consider zooms at all um, and for me I I think that fixed lenses are for when you can move and zooms are for when you can't like yeah. that's what I why I always had them so I probably would never bring a zoom to an engagement shoot or a commercial shoot or an editorial but for a wedding day there just is circumstances where it's hard to move or it's quicker not to move um, and I've always had a mixture so I've always had a couple of zooms um, but right now I've only got the 24 to 70 because I replaced my 70 to 200 when I switched over to Sony with the 135. Oh, right. Okay. Which is an amazing lens. N- nice focal length. Yeah. yeah. Is, really... it, is it a nice nice result? I love it. I really love it. So like I said, I got it just to replace the 7200. But I think in terms of pushing you creatively, um, it does things at, you know, a compromise with the zoom. Um, yeah. and it's quite compact really for a G master lens mm-hmm. uh, yeah so I'm enjoying it so it's funny because most of my lenses have kind of swapped like for like and uh, yeah. but when I tried a 7200 on a Sony it just felt ridiculous because it's so big <laughs> and you got this teeny tiny yeah. little camera on the back of yeah. it like, a, like <laughs> it's like it. putting a business yeah. card on the back of it <laughs> <That's> <laughs> um, awesome. yeah it's all lens and, yeah. you know, already at weddings, you'll get people coming up with men. When I say people, I mean men coming to oh, mm-hmm. that's a big lens. <laughs> Do you still get that sort of stuff? 
I do. You know, that, I don't know why. Uh, I get that. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's a like. I, I don't imagine as a man at a wedding that anyone comes up to you and says, "Oh, that's a big lens." <laughs> yeah, I don't. No. Yeah. I guess because I've not really. I don't have a big lens. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> oh, you have a seventy to two hundred. That's plenty. Oh, no. no, I bet it's not really on at weddings. I've just um, <laughs> yeah, thirty-five, thirty-five and eighty-five at weddings generally, and the well, fifty. I like a fifty. Well, I know people are just making chat, and you have certain lines that you get yeah. said to you again and again. Yeah. Did again you get any again, nice yeah. snaps? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I usually just answer four. Yeah, I always just I say, no, I don't think I did. Did you get any new phone just in case? <laughs> <laughs> or you know what? I, I get a lot of, I get a lot of um, guys coming up now and saying, why are you, why are you not mirrorless? Why, oh, have you not oh do this? you? Honestly, the, the older guys, you know, that have maybe oh. Camera Club Sony guys or, or Fuji guys or something. Yeah. And, yeah, I get a lot of that recently. They all gear, no idea. Well, yeah. it's funny. I haven't, I haven't had that yet. I've had a couple of people, like, oh, Sony. Um, but I've ha- I have, because I've been shooting for a year now on Sony, I have had a few people come up to me and say, oh, do you not have a proper camera? <laughs> <laughs> well, because, that's they, yeah. yeah, they just associate Nikon and Canon with being, yeah, you know, or DSLR, just, you know, you have to, to be serious, you have to have a DSLR. Size matters, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, especially if you've got one of the little compact lenses on, like I've got that new 35mm that's tiny, and I've been trying it out my last few weddings. So your actual camera then is suddenly really compact. And uh, they're like, oh, are you, you know, are you just a friend of theirs? Uh, no, <laughs> this, is, this is my actual job. They have paid yeah, me yeah. cash money for this. Um, but yeah, no, I, mi- I kind of missed the days of the uh, 7200 and somebody coming up and saying, oh, that's a big lens. Because my that's standard reply was, you should see the size of my penis. <laughs> <laughs> Elsa. Classy this one. But yeah, it's it's a fun, fun little game. But, you know, I know yeah. it's difficult. It is difficult. People are just trying to make a bit of chat with you. And it's always nice yeah. to... It's like the taxi driver thing, isn't it? You know, are you busy tonight, mate? Or, you know, that, that whole thing. People just want to come in. And I, you've heard it a hundred times, but you've got to just been, be polite. And yes, just be hear nice. Some, hear some banters. Yes, oh, I do love a bit of banter. Um, and Justina is Polish. That's yes. right. So did you guys meet, was she already over in Scotland when you met? Or Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she was studying at the same college I studied at. Okay. But but um years years apart. So but we met through climbing. Okay. Um, so she's a climber and so we met through that but she needed to do some um shadowing mm-hmm. um for her final year I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just had to do so many different hours with different types of photographers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was still shooting some commercial things back then so I was doing some commercial and PR and various things like that so she shadowed me on that um, and a guy I had second for me quite a lot just he just gave it, it was a part-time thing for him you know but he just kind of gave it up and it just so happened you know just I just said well if you want to do a couple of weddings with me that's you know and then and that was it kind of thing nice and so, so then she started so then she started Working and then we started climbing together and then we fell in love. 
No. Do you think it was all just a big ruse that she fancied you and just said, uh, I need to shadow somebody who's a photographer just to, you know, start spending time with you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> no, we were we were friends, and honestly, it was completely out of the blue, certainly for me anyway, because um, we'd known each other a while, and, mm. and yeah, she's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it just yeah, it just grew. And do you speak any Polish? I'm trying my best. Yes, bardzo trudny język, very difficult language. Well, I've um, noticed this. I'm trying yes. my very best. Yes, I am. Um, oh going... my word. My first trip to Warsaw in a few weeks. Oh, you're doing a workshop there with... I Yes, what? I'm very excited to be a speaker Ooh. at an event that I'm not running. I have nothing to do with, so it'll be completely on the other side for me. Um, wow. And I, I am really excited and really looking forward to it. Uh, it'll be really different because it is in Poland... And it's Mark Bakura and Magic, who's Magic, who's one of our other mm -hmm. speakers for Thrive, run this thing called the Boring Workshop. And I got the timetable through the other day. So the workshop is followed by the Boring Party, which I'm really excited about. I've never been to a boring party. <laughs> well, I have been to boring I'm, parties. Uh, yeah, but not, not build as boring. <laughs> yeah, not intentionally. Build is really exciting until you rock up. And... Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've no idea what to expect. That good. I do feel nervous about speaking. Um, and especially the lineup is pretty epic. So is it like Rafa Boyer and... No, he's got two-man yeah. studios and Jennifer Mower, who we've had at Farm. Yeah. Um, Ian Weldon, a big fan of Yes, yeah. that'll be really interesting. I think that'll be fascinating. I saw that, yeah, yeah. I know. So I am like, kind of shitting myself. Um, so what are you, do you have a topic? Well, yeah, so you're, it's a pretty open brief. You, you don't get any direction with topics um but i am going to um do something which is a bit of a creative experiment talking about a uh, creative process and the brain and the actual physicality of our brain and how it as our brain develops um how it handles being creative at different stages in our lives but it's i do feel intimidated by the lineup and not knowing what other people are going to be speaking about and you just don't know if something's going to utterly bomb um to an audience or not so i've hopefully <laughs> it'll be okay um but you're how long, how long do you how long am i you speaking speak for yeah. um it's similar to farm similar to thrive it's 45 minutes to an hour so okay you know that's why I like I like the practical element and then I'll drop in a little bit of video so I'm going to get some other people to do what you just did for me okay, um, right. and so it'd be a little bit of video showing what some others do um, and we'll do the experiment as a group in the room um, and yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes <laughs> it's interesting that's an interesting you know topic and concept and, and the fact that it can have you know you can apply it and you mm -hmm. can see it kind of happening and, and, and ways around it and people can apply it to them and i think once you know creativity. like once you know yeah. 
that that's yeah. what's happening to you and that's why you panic because i do this i panic shoot at weddings yeah mm-hmm. um all the damn time and i hate that i do it um yeah. i get under pressure and i just so that's it so you end up repeating yourself like just because you want to do the safety thing and you know i I very rarely come away from a wedding thinking oh it was the maximum amount of creative that i could possibly have been at that wedding um so i think once you kind of know the reasons why you can just almost drop in a breath when you feel that pressure I just think, okay, it's okay to actually just take a minute and to find the yeah. creative shot and yeah. not expect that it just magically appears at the front of my brain because yeah. I physically have these things in the way. So it's like yeah. being able to clear those and then to find it, which of course you can do, like we spoke about, you know, when you're a second shooter and you don't have stress and you don't have the um, expectation, you know, of what you're going to be doing. Because um, yeah. I think that's what a lot of us struggle with, is what we're expected to be doing. And I feel as a wedding photographer, you're expected to kind of be seen to be doing something the whole time. <laughs> a funny one, that, isn't it? And yeah. We, I, I do the same thing, yeah. you know. I, I never like to be standing idle mm. too much, you know, or if I'm chatting to guests and they're going on a bit, I'm always looking around to see if I'm missing anything. Yeah. You know, and I've, I've probably covered the room, you know, yeah, enough, yeah. but um, I do definitely, and I don't know if that's part of our personality, we want to give, you know, we want to yeah. give a lot and, yeah. you know, you want to give them everything because it's, it's, you know, it's, it's their day, but certainly with couple shoots, now I find that if I'm in a wee moment where I'm like, oh, what can we do now that, you know, that I'm allowing myself a little bit of time just to let them go and walk mm-hmm. and let them just... Mm-hmm fall into each other and, and fall into shape in it and it's it's given them a little bit of a breather and yeah. also my creative space <laughs> you yeah. know so i can start sort of the engine up again you know and, and, and getting back online creatively you know when, exactly. you, when you feel a little bit stumped you know? yeah exactly just giving them some breathing space in the day it's perfectly fine i mean obviously it's they, easier yeah. if it's elopements um i struggle with a lot of the time you know, there literally is 10 minutes for portraits. Yeah. And yet I've seen, you know, their Pinterest boards or they've told me things that they would like to achieve or, you know, they tell you the venue or oh, there's this spot be really nice pictures and this one and that one. And I really like this part of it. And it's like, OK, we got 10 whole minutes to run around. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, so I often just feel that. They are expecting us to be able to achieve so much within the time frame because I will do an engagement shoot with most of my couples and the engagement shoot will probably shoot for an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Yeah. And I think they forget that. Yeah. Like... <laughs> they forget, yeah, that they're giving you. Do you say to them beforehand that you you need a set amount of time at their... I don't. You know, yeah. Most, no, I don't. I just fit in with whatever they give me. Um, maybe I should try and orchestrate it a little bit more and ask for like 30 minutes or something. But I just think the more, like, what I, what I quite like to do is do two sessions over the day. So one at the expected time. And then I like to do one a bit later on when they're much more chilled out. 
so either before they go in for the meal or after the meal or you know so they've had a little bit to drink and a lot more of the official things are over and done with because you know that part where they've just finished the ceremony they're still on a bit of a high aren't they and it's been the most it's a central point of the day and it can often be quite fraught in the run-up to that and they're still on this kind of emotional cliff edge um when you go often when you go out to take pictures and also if they haven't got ready together which most of them don't you know they haven't seen each other so you're trying to take these beautiful romantic pictures and they're just trying to catch up with each other and find out how the yeah. morning went yeah and you're like totally. shut up <laughs> yeah I've, yeah it's what it's so funny like i used to say to couples if they were walking to me like when did when at that point you know, if i start with a walking shot you know just chat to each other but you just get all these open mouths you know yeah. so i've just told them to hum you know but <laughs> it's really difficult they do just want to yeah. catch up um that and, and, and they're, they're, yeah definitely they're in that sort of friend not frenzied but you know mm-hmm. um, yeah. kind of hijinks you know and it's all kind of kicking off so yeah I do that as well like a later on shoot yeah. and, and I always find some of the best stuff is that but for light as well yeah you know yeah. especially in the summer I'll take them out after dinner and mm-hmm. be dancing and they've had a couple of shandies and yes they're, they're, a, they're a bit more sort of bloaty but sometimes that second shoot doesn't happen because they start to really run behind or something or somebody takes them away and you know you can't always guarantee you're going to get it so you you kind of have to do that first one as a safety shoot yeah but yeah so I think I'd rather in an ideal world I would like 15 minutes early on and 15 minutes later um to get two different little shoots on the go so yeah I'm not the kind of photographer that says you know you need to give me at least x amount of time and or set time of day um you know i'm not that fast about always shooting at sunset or anything like that um i just work with what i'm given and i kind of yeah. like that challenge yeah mm. yeah i'm much the same for for weddings just mm. try and run the groups as quickly as possible and mm. do 15 20 minutes before and then 15 20 minutes after but but yeah. as you say, it's that first one you really have to sort of nail it, you know. Yeah. Just in case that second one doesn't happen. Exactly, exactly. Because if things overrun, it's always your time that they'll lead into. You know, it's not yeah. they won't put dinner yeah. back. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know, they don't put off the band. The you know, it's cost X amount of money. So it's yeah, it is. It's no guarantees. But luckily, most of the time, I work with really laid back people, and they're quite happy to go with the flow, and they're quite invested yeah. in the photography, and they want to make these things happen. That's good. That's good. Yeah, but uh, it's no guarantees in this game, is there? No, and I think <laughs> that's the the big thing. Like you said, if your if your couples are invested already and they kind of know you, and if you do like lots of pre shoots and things like that, I guess mm. just sneaking them away, just saying, "Come on, guys, you know, ten seconds or something over here, I've got a nice yeah. shot lined up." It, yeah, it makes it easier when when they're when they're on board with you, you know. To... And I think yeah, if you have done some kind of pre shoot, then you do have this. Um, shorthand you can go into with them because yeah. you're not finding your flow as much people do the weirdest things sometimes when you're photographing them don't they yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um they just yeah suddenly body parts seem really strange they don't know what to do with them yeah. and yeah the self-consciousness i'm sure it's a uniquely british thing 
Yeah, I know, I spoke to the guys at the the workshop about this. I was talking about when we were talking about posing and mm-hmm. limbs and awkwardness, and yeah, I get a lot of couples that are, you know, mm-hmm. really really awkward. But it's how to put them in. But I, I said when the American couples come over for elopements, it's much, you know, it's much generally it's easier, you know, yeah. to work with yeah. them. It's just a very British yeah. thing, you know, especially kind of some Scottish guys are just not really into that, you know. <laughs> into yeah. that full um intimate kind of thing so you've just got to go with what they're like you know and and um not force anything you know yeah. that that intimacy if that's kind mm. of not them mm. or you just grind them down throughout the day yeah just <laughs> um, just gonna keep going that, just <laughs> no um yeah you're right it is a british thing well, do you find a big difference between the Brits and the US couples that you work with then? Yeah, like, I, I mean, not all American couples, but definitely more often than not, you know. Um, like a lot of the the British couples, I'll have to really use a lot of yeah and mm. and and I'll be going on a little journey with them and, and there'll be a lot of stuff that just isn't happening and I'm just speaking slowly and just finding a way in to get the sort of intimate or even just something that doesn't look awkward. Mm, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be intimate. It's just limbs and and just looking at the way that they fall together and, mm. and trying to get that across. That's And that's hard when you've not got time on a wedding day just to let people stand and just see how they stand what their body shapes are like how yeah their height how they naturally go together you know and just try and weave a little bit away and in, into that and it's really difficult sometimes <laughs> you know stiff couples but i had an american couple recently you know eloped and oh my god it was just like movie you know they just kind of went and I didn't have to say anything <laughs> apart from, this is fucking amazing, you know, just like, <laughs> just keep doing that, just keep doing that, you know, that's that was really um, an eye-opener, you know? Yeah, I honestly, I feel like 80% of what I do with Brits is help them figure out what to do with their hands. Hands, yeah. You know, like, what do you want me to do with my hands? What do you always do with your hands? You know, I haven't just attached hands on you. You they are attached to you from birth, you know? Yeah. Like where do they yeah. normally go? <laughs> and it's like when you ask people to walk and they, and they start walking in such yeah. in sort of ways yeah. and it's all really um I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm kind of not the best in front of a camera <laughs> yeah, either, yeah, you know. And, and the that, same. you know, I'd, I'd maybe be the same, but I maybe it's photography you know, a little bit, but um yeah, I I think the best way ends just um, having a laugh, I guess, and mm. and you can you can capture things that look very intimate and poignant, even mm. when people are just pissing themselves laughing or the mm. Mm. you know that that so there's moments in between that you yeah. can yeah get you know that and I guess yeah we we shoot a lot and I think the overall thing is if they enjoy the session even if a lot of it feels awkward to them if they've enjoyed your company and the way you've helped them because I feel I get a lot of clients that say to me your photography is really natural that's what we like about it and and, you know when I send my questionnaire I always say what did you connect most with in my work and they're like how natural the pictures are and it makes me laugh because 
natural pictures of people is than standing there going, God, I hate having my photograph taken or God, this is awkward. Like that's the natural picture. Like yeah. what they're connecting to is the orchestrated picture that makes it seem as if somebody is more relaxed in front of the camera. And there's a process yeah. to it. You know, it's not an accidental thing. It's not something that just happens because people are in my company. You know, that mm -hmm. there's work to it because we nearly always like starting with these Brits who are like, I just, I just, and they're just so at the front of their mind is purely thinking about the process of being photographed and how uncomfortable that they find it. Yeah. That's exactly what is, and I'm the same. I had headshots done the other week. As soon as the camera's on me, I was like, God, this is awkward. This is, I feel so uncomfortable. What do you want me to do? And that, I think when you, address that you direct people so it's not necessarily posing them it's directing them and you're taking them away from that being their main thought that that it becomes a lot easier so it's just about let's direct you away from thinking about this so much because when you don't think about it, and that's what a lot of times people say can you just capture us as we're just moving about and you just happen to capture us um yeah you know i did that wedding the wedding i did near your house was this yeah. groom who had said he did not want me to take any pictures of him at all. Like, That's he, right, I remember. Yeah, yeah. like... I remember you saying that, yeah. Even the engagement, but it was like, I just photographed the bride and he was just so anxious about being photographed that, you know, I had to agree. I said, it's your wedding and I'm getting paid the same whether I take pictures of you or I don't and it's certainly going to be the first time I've ever not photograph one of the main people in the couple but if that's yeah. what you want that's what i'll do um and and i think it was just yeah that he was just so deeply anxious about his how he appeared in photographs and actually on the wedding day it, it was fine it was absolutely fine we did ended up doing two portrait sessions um some nice, lovely, deep emotional pictures. Uh, he was totally compliant. He was very into it. Uh, he even asked for more pictures. Um, it was the opposite of what I thought it was going to go into. Wow. And I think it was just being able to give him direction and give him help with that uncomfortable feeling that he had. Yeah, and and that's nothing had changed dramatically. Obviously, do you think it was just he felt comfortable with you and the, and the fact that you'd sort of worked around that or, or did, did he feel sort of duty bound you know that it was his wedding day or or was did you sense that or do you, was it a kind of softening towards the whole process? Well that... I think so as a parent when I want my kids to do something that they don't want to do I could be really um, aggressive with them or I could just leave it and let it just say, this is what I want. This is what I want you to do. And they might not want to do it. And, but I just leave it with them and they just give in and do it. <laughs> I think that's yeah. what it was. <laughs> uh, you just I, let them sort of yeah. student it or, or kind of, I, I just, that what uh, you mean, or? I left it with the bride and said, it, you know, this, it's not my, job to because she was like can you just mm -hmm. maybe have like a long lens on and be photographing without him realizing it and I was like I 
can't really do that. Like, that's not how I work. And that's not the kind of pictures that you've seen on my website and connected with. Um, and that's not expecting, you know, what you're going to get from that. Um, I do need him to be compliant if he's going to be in photos. So I said, you know, we had a few months and I said, uh, between now and then, uh, if I was you, I would just probably not go on about it. Uh, but just towards the time, just drop a couple of lines in about, you know, your mum's going to want some group of photos. And, you know, like we were traveling all the way up from, this, you know, Brighton to Edinburgh to do this. And it was like, just be nice just to do a few. We'll just do a few. Yeah. Um, and no pressure and no big deal. Not doing it in front of anyone. But I think that a lot of times they just don't realize they've not done it before. You know, it's their first wedding as a bride and a groom and they don't know exactly what it's like and I think the photography is just a part of it isn't it yeah like engagement shoots are a million times more awkward than photographing somebody at a wedding yeah engagement shoots yeah yeah because that's all you're doing that's all you're doing and for me I'm probably doing them in the middle of Brighton or the middle of London so they're super awkward Mm -hmm. because you're just on a Tuesday afternoon out in a nice outfit with a photographer (laughs) you know and it you do mm-hmm. feel like a dickhead but on your wedding day it would be weird if you weren't photographed you know it'd be weird if, if people didn't have a photographer at all people would be like why didn't you book a photographer um you know so it's just a big part of it. it's just part of it and there's so many extraordinary things that you do on a wedding day and i think this guy just completely underestimated that and uh, on the day he was just like oh well you know yeah i never wear a kilt i'm wearing a kilt and I would never drink yeah. before midday and I would never have all these people yeah. in this room and I would never be staying in a castle and all of that. And on the day, it was just like in for a penny, in for a pound. It was fine. Go for it. Yeah, that's good. But yeah, it was, it was an interesting one for me to know how to approach. Um, because honestly, I went into the wedding day thinking there's a good chance he's not going to let us take any pictures. Mm. Um, but he was totally chill, totally fine. And... Yeah. Um, I brought, I purposefully brought a male second photographer Mm -hmm. because I just felt that he might, maybe it was, he would relate better to a male photographer in a way. Right. That's interesting. So um, we weren't expecting to get any pictures in prep with him, but he did come and ask for some pictures with his best man before the ceremony. And once that he'd done that, I knew we were going to be okay. So I was like, all right, he's into us now. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So yeah, have you ever had any uh, any experiences of people like being really awkward to photograph, or as awkward as that? Um, not like that. Not like they definitely don't want images. But yeah, I've definitely had points where grooms have lost interest and definitely don't want any more after you know two minutes. You know, and the bride's going, "Come on, you know this mm. is." I don't get it so much now. Yeah, it's. I feel it's changed a little bit. Mm. Um, so when they get in contact, they do definitely want. Um, they do definitely want that couple session, and they, they seem more invested. I don't know what that is. If that's because my work's changed, or if, or, or just. Um, I don't know if it's different now than it than it was. But yeah, I've definitely had that feel awkward thing, you know, and. It's usually the guys, mm. you know, mm. to be honest, isn't it? It's, um, the girls yeah. are generally kind of keen for it, you know, but it's but, just learning how to 
get get in there through common ground and you know that kind of and I was saying that like laying the foundations down in the morning you know mm. that prep you know to, to sort of create that sort of you know foster that relationship in the morning with mm. them and, and and it'll help you further down the line you know um, you don't have to strike up a relationship before you're going to do something you've already kind of got one you know you mm. lay it all down with the movers and shakers in the morning the wedding party the, the groomsmen all that sort of stuff because they could really help you out and yeah groom as well so I think that helps because years ago I never shot prep you know I don't know if you were the same but you mm. know we just used to rock up you know half an hour before the ceremony and mm. Mm. that was kind of old school I think yeah now I've always done it because I always really liked it I like all that yeah I came from that. an editorial background so I like the story so yeah. I was always really into it like now I'd quite happily just do prep and portraits oh yeah <laughs> on yeah, Love totally. <laughs> and that's be, funny. Be home by, by 2 I know, 2 o'clock will be home. Um, that's, yeah. So that's what you're talking about, a thrive for us as well. So yes. you're going to be covering prep, which I'm yeah. pretty excited about because your bridal portraits are, they, you bring the game, don't you? You're really strong yeah. on bridal portraits. Um, um, so that's, for me personally, I just think I'm absolutely fascinated to hear your approach because... A lot of times so you work more or less as a duo with Justina, but is it most of the time you're covering bridal prep or? Yeah. 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 And Justina will go to the boys. Uh, Justina will do the details mm-hmm. um, and she's so good at that. It's unreal, like detail stuff. She's just, she's very kind of craft, craft based as well. And she can mm-hmm. just, you know, I can do it. And sometimes I'm shooting alone, you know, if it's a smaller wedding or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really miss her. <laughs> so, but, um, but she does it in such a lovely way. But yeah, so we'll both go to the bride in the morning, you know, do details and then just, you know, generally go to the boys. And I'm left with the girls. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I love that time. I really mm-hmm. genuinely just enjoy the whole the whole morning of the wedding. Mm-hmm. I'm getting those bridal portraits because I always feel there's an intimacy to yours that... It's not necessarily so um, like synonymous with being a male shooter. Like a lot of boys, you know, would send a female photographer to bridal prep. Um, so I'm fascinated to know how you get that level of rapport with people and that level of trust with brides as well to yeah. have you in the room in the morning. Yeah, um, I guess. Probably, like I was chatting earlier about, I grew up, but it was all women, you know, mm-hmm. it's all aunties and cousins and girls, and I was just kind of thrown in um, with that. I don't know, maybe, I'm just used to that, sort yeah. of, um, I, don't, I don't know what to say, level of sort of chatter and all that kind of going on, I don't mind that, but I do always, but I love the quiet, you know, I'm always, I'm drawn to really quiet kind of thoughtful um things and images and um i do always say to the bride you know once the girls have helped you and things like that can we have five minutes Mm -hmm. uh, and i think it's the brides generally really like that you know i'm very quiet and just work around and it gives them a little time to say oh i'm ready i'm dressed i'm i'm at the window um thinking about the day ahead and just letting them have a little breathe. Yeah. Uh, breathe and, and would you um, ask for the other people to leave the room at that point? Or are you happy yeah, to work I, with them there? 
It really, uh, that depends on location, but um, recently I've found, um, and you just have to suss the sort of feeling, but yeah, generally I, I do ask for five minutes mm-hmm. just with a, with a bride. Um, if I feel like the location's kind of got something that's kind of interesting that I may want to use for a bridal portrait, and it's just less clutter going on in the background, and and definitely the sort of expressions um, and things that I can capture when I'm just alone with with a subject. It's way different, and when mm-hmm. things are going on in the background, you know, the girls are laughing. I mean, I cover all that as well. Yeah, that yeah, kind of docu. Yeah. Um, but for these kind of quiet, uh, gentle portraits, I love it when it is just me and the bride and I'm chatting, asking her questions and just really, you know, just trying to calm her, not calm her down, but, you know, just be calm around her. And mm. um, and I definitely feel that you get more back mm. for, that, for yeah. that five minutes. You know, it's only five minutes. Yeah, yeah. And you're just making use of the, the room and... Yeah, it's the first thing I look at when I go into a room is like, what, what you know, where would I do this portrait or is there something, on, you know, that I've seen on the way in or how could I modify this? Like, I usually end up closing curtains down to a wee slit, you know, just to, um, I don't know, in some way sort of modify the light, you know. Mm, and mm. That sort of, I do a lot of that, just moving mm. things around just beforehand kind of thing, but... Because your work has got a mood to it, isn't it? You're, it's quite a dark, moody look to it a lot of the time. Um, you know, even uh, when you're out. So even in your in your cityscapes, I feel that you find ways to isolate the light uh, and to bring a lot of shadow into your images, or at least the ones you're posting yeah. on Instagram anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 and that's the thing, I get a lot, of, when I get inquiries, you know, the couples will say, do you do anything lighter, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not going to go all fucking chiaroscuro on the group shots and go all kind of <laughs> Caravaggio and, on, on the group stuff, you know, I, well, that'll be nice, tight, bright and upright, you know, and, and kind of, you know, and, and great for families and, you know, to download and stuff like that and my documentary stuff throughout the day. Hmm. Um but yeah, definitely. That I'm always looking for that mm. um, quieter, and I like to close things down and and just create like I like lines and, mm. and shapes and I guess yeah, just. What's it? We're things. in a funny time, aren't we? Because we're so defined by our Instagrams now, and I feel like it's difficult because you want to be recognizable you want to stand out so one approach is to present just one type of image Mm. you know whether it's portraits or moody lit or landscape pictures you know it's it's a good tack for marketing to to do that and to be strongly recognizable for one thing but then actually booking the weddings there is this concern do you do all the other stuff as well and it's knowing how to put that across so you can still lure them in so they go through the first barrier and 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 talk to you and you can open them up to showing full galleries and all the other things that you do Um, but yeah I've been kind of thinking about this today because speaking to York Place earlier who are so known for their 
documentary photography and they're going to be speaking about reception photos at Thrive and um, but of course you know it's a, it's it's how do they approach the rest of the day because they've still got all of the rest of the things to shoot yeah. as well um you know like we all do because i've always just thought like wedding photographers you are you know the jack of all trades of, of mm-hmm. photographers yeah. at certain points in the day you'll be in a fashion photographer you'll be in a still life photographer you'll be in a documentary photographer yeah. um yeah. You know, you're, you're a sports photographer. You all these <laughs> skills, like in one day. Yeah. And yeah, then, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, and, and then you're in a saturated market, so you've got to stand out for something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, it's definitely becoming more like you have to um, um, and be in more, as much individual as you mm. you can, but it, but yeah, for clients, I don't know how that is. You know how that how, I don't know how it'd be to. Mm. How would you choose your wedding photographer now? Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and us for us going forward, like how do we consciously market ourselves, knowing this information? Um, I'm personally like kind of changing how I market myself. Really, like having to revolutionize my processes um so this is on my mind this kind of thing is what is the client what's in their mind when they're starting that search for a wedding photographer um yeah it's fascinating isn't it i I do like the marketing side of it um and i like to see people who do it really really well but it is it's a lot more layers and a lot more work to it than there ever used to be. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh my God! Yeah, because <laughs> you'll be the, remember the same. You know, you just put an advert in somewhere, and you were kind of, you know. And when I first started, it was, I guess, the weddings. I, would, I was shooting it in that editorial kind of style, which mm. was very different to what people were doing, you know, ten years ago, maybe, or you know, you know, massively, but. Um, you know, it was it was definitely easier to get mm. inquiries and booking. You mm. know, and everybody just seems to be so good now. And it's like, how do we? Well, that know? was it. Initially, it was enough to be different from the mainstream, but now everybody's yeah. different. Yeah. So yeah. what do you do when everyone's different? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's no. And do you? Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, and there's no limitations with geography either, because it's not like you have to consider you can only use the people in your local area. So you're talking about shooting clients, you know, who are based internationally um, or shooting all over Scotland. And so you're competing with international photographers who they could fly over and shoot the same yeah. thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, crackers. Crazy, crazy. What were you going to say? Yeah, it's cra- Sorry, what was that? What were you going to say? I can't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> My memories fell off. Um, no, I can't remember. Too much late night editing. Yeah, it was. I made it in a film. So when you edit a film, is it taking you a long time because you're still learning about that? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Okay. Or you're a perfectionist. Yeah. Oh, probably a bit of both. I think, yeah. I'm, I'm really hard on myself. Mm. You know, I'm never happy mm. um, with anything I do. Really? Yeah. 
beat myself up about it all the time, you know. And, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, but that's the way it is. I've learned to sort of um, just sort of deal with that and accept that I'm just going to be tired because of that. That's fine. <laughs> I can't. My I still eyes, love it. My eyes get too tired to edit late at night. I think I hate editing so much. I just get it over and done with. But that's just editing yeah. stills. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a big difference. I think I was saying that to Justina yesterday. It's um, we were just going to shoot elopements, but I ended up filming a wedding uh, just before Christmas, and I hadn't really realised. You know, with the elopements, it was fine because we just had like one track of audio and, and a couple, and we could I could weave the story, and that's that was all good. But with a wedding, there's so many different layers going on. Um, and when I sat down to edit, it's not like we're still. You, I'm not going to say I switch off when I'm editing stills, but you know, you'll probably know this. You know, you we know our workflow, yeah, and we yeah. know how to just mash it out, yeah. yeah. And, and, but but with film, and I guess good film editors will be able to just do that but um i'm finding just the audio the kind of you know these clips the kind of continuity the way that kind of goes in i'm i'm having to have so much concentration you know it's mm. kind of going into I'm, I'm shattered after it you know and you come it's from so a background different. as a musician and you know about sound engineering and and all of yeah. that so like this is it. I don't know how anyone is doing fusion on their own. Like, I think that's mind blowing. Yeah, it twists my melon. Honestly, I don't. <clears throat> on a day, even though we, I feel like I know roughly what I'm doing with photography on a day. You know, I, I couldn't. It's just that decision about is this a moving mm. or if it's still. Is that maybe a learned thing? You know, that you could get used to. But I just want to give all to one. You know. Yeah. And and do that sort. Of, I, I would feel like frustrated if I'd clicked the shutter when I should have opened up the the film camera, you know, and kind of mm. made it a moving clip. And I'd clicked, you know, that sort of thing. I would beat myself up constantly. If I, so, are you know, using the same camera for stills of video, or do you have one camera that's this is the one that's videoing, and this is the one that's doing yeah. stills? Yeah. So I'm. So when we're on a when I'm working with Justina, she's shooting the stills, and, okay. I'm, and all I'm doing, all I'm doing is is movie. So you're yeah. you're not in a position where you're having to choose between no, both. not okay. at all. So it's just when the no, editing got... stage is on, you're making those decisions. That's right. Yeah. Gosh, what a world! What an industry! <laughs> oh. Used to be enough just to take pictures. I know. <laughs> this, you know, I mean, and it's, I still love it. So, um, feel like I've got a little bit left in me, you know. To, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, learning. I love learning. You know, just whatever it is. You know, I just mm. love learning new things. Mm. And, and that's it with photography. And you're you're just never there, are you? You're never never going to be the finished article. And and that's a really nice thing because it's uh, yeah. Feels like you're still on a wee, a wee so when you leave a wedding, when you get in the car and you drive off, like what's typical? What's your mindset when you leave? Um, I'll, it depends really on the day. I mean, usually I'll turn to Justine and say, "Oh man, I should have done this," or you know, on the couple shoot, or I kind of 
had this idea and this never went, you know, blah, blah, blah. All the usual things, you know, mm. and I sort of, I shoot a lot and I deliver a lot, um, but I always, there's always, not always, but um, I'm all kind of thinking on the way down the road, did I, did I get enough of this or did I get enough of that? Mm, I'm the same That's, but and then I get to the edit and I'm like oh, I've got loads and yeah. it's normally have I got enough couple stuff but I tend to chip away at mm. the couple stuff throughout a day mm. so when I'm setting them up for groups I'll get them in first and I'll just grab some stuff for them as they're waiting on people to come in and, mm. you know and I, so I think it all builds up throughout the day and I've, yeah. I've, I've usually got enough I've usually got more than enough no, it's funny, isn't it? I'd I'd like to meet a photographer that leaves the wedding going, yes, nailed it, totally nailed yeah. it. Like, <laughs> who is that? Who is that guy? <laughs> it's not me. I'm not that guy. No, no. I, Are you the same? You yeah, I'm totally and, the same. Yeah. So usually get in the car, and the first thing I'll do is just go through. Oh, I forgot to do this, or I didn't do that. I just immediately think of all the shots I didn't take. Yeah. Um, and I'm the same. And then I always I need to give myself a little bit of a headspace. Uh, before I edit so I usually if I shoot a wedding on Saturday I'm not one of these people who will upload uh, you know straight away I just put my bags in the office and shut the door and have a day away from it and then I'll do the upload um, let the upload go in over a day and then the next day go in and start the process of culling and editing and I'm always like there's always those shots where I'm like god I didn't remember taking that (laughs) Yeah. yeah, and it's and it's a keeper as well. Yeah, yeah. and you're like, oh, that's really yeah. good, that one. Um, yeah, yeah, but I, I think initially I go through and I'm just like, oh, did I get enough of this? Did I get enough of that? And then, you know, it's when you've done your cull and you yeah. start to see the story, pick, you know, picking out the story and uh, see everything kind of together and how it, there's a flow to the images and there's a flow to what you're keeping. And then you're like, okay, this wasn't as bad as I thought. <laughs> yeah. That's good. You've got to kind of just trust that you've, you know, trust your own, trust yourself, yeah. I do, yeah. You'd think it would get easier over time. I think when you're new, when you start, you just think, oh, I'm really looking forward to the day where I don't feel this nervous, where I don't, you know, panic beforehand or, or I leave feeling that I've accomplished everything that I wanted to. And I've just never reached that point. <laughs> yeah. But that, that shows something, though, doesn't it, do you, do you think? That it's like, you know, you care and you... Yeah, maybe if you were just super complacent, you just... Maybe it's yeah. that you stopped caring so much, I don't know. But I just yeah. think photography is such a precarious process anyway. Yeah. And I know these days there's more in place in terms of safety, uh, so two cards, that kind of thing. You know, when I shot weddings on film... Yeah. You know, you've got the canisters and you've got to get them to the lab. And I've had second shooters uh, drop rolls of film and the car ran over them or expose a roll of film or shoot, you know, uh, stop uh, like where they were supposed to rewind the film, but switch the camera off and then thought it was a new roll of film. So we accidentally double exposed a roll, that kind of thing. Nice. You know, there's a... With digital, there's still in the process like moments of um, potential disaster. Yeah. So I always feel always feel really nervous, like just getting logistics, just getting to the venues, getting to where I need to be over the whole day. When we got to yeah. the last venue that we need to be at, and we've made it on time, then I will relax a little bit about that. Right. Okay. 
and yeah when I've got everything uploaded and I can see that there's enough of everything that they need then I will relax about that I start to worry about the next one instead <laughs> <laughs> so logistics so do you shoot in in places where you've got to do multi multi locations and things is that sometimes that yeah, yeah that happens a lot you know in the summer so the hottest day of the year last year I was shooting a wedding where they got ready by St Paul's in the city, but their ceremony was up at Alexandra Palace, which is north, north London. And then there was another venue for the reception. And so we travelled about everywhere in a vintage Rolls Royce. So hottest day of the year, vintage Rolls Royce, the windows didn't work. And of course, it has no air conditioning. Oh my God. I thought I was going to actually die. We had over an hour in traffic to get between where they got ready and the um, ceremony. <laughs> it was so horribly sweaty and uncomfortable. Um, but lovely, lovely wedding, lovely couple. Uh, it was super fun and up at Alexandra Palace on the hottest day of the year. So it's one of these places. So it's probably like, um, I don't know, probably Calvin Grove Park on a hot day. Uh, right. Just yeah. everybody's out, sunbathing, ice cream vans, yeah, yeah, kite flying, yeah, yeah, yeah. taps off. Taps <laughs> off, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so busy, so busy, so hot. And you're just, yeah, I'm so glad I'm shooting mirrorless now because you can't, the camera just slide off your face, you know, you can put a camera <laughs> to your actual face. Okay. It was ridiculous, but yeah, so quite often there is three venues involved. Yeah. And sometimes it's nice when they're just like, we're all getting ready and having the ceremony and having a reception all in one place. That sounds yeah. nice. <laughs> That's a winner, isn't it? Yeah, I love that when it's, mm. when it's all in it. I think most of our wins are kind of stuck being, are like that, you know, when it's... Mm. Mm. I think, yeah, you're like, like that um, castle near you that I shot at all in one place was really lovely. Yeah. But I think when it's, I shoot a lot of London weddings and there's not so many venues that fulfill everything that you need. And a lot of people go for the town halls. They're, they're pretty cool. Um, so yeah, you're, you're often looking at three locations. Yeah. And the fun of getting around them all. Yeah. And the unpredictability of London, you know, all sorts can happen. Just. Yeah. So do you just get Uber around or? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never drive up to a London wedding. The only time I drove up to London wedding was uh, one up at the asylum in Peckham on a day of the train strikes. Um, they're always fun. Most time we get a train, and then just rely on yeah taxis or depending because sometimes you're better off jumping on a bus or an underground if there's really bad. You know, if there's a protest on for instance there's been yeah. a lot of those in the last couple of years yeah, yeah, yeah so sometimes you can get into gridlock so you're better off going underground um, but kind of once i get there i usually will jump in with the couple um and so the next part will be traveling with them in a taxi I always pitch it to them like oh it's nice to get pictures on route that's a fun part yeah. of the day it looks really photogenic and and it just means for me it's nice wherever they are. I am. If they get stuck, yeah. then I'm stuck. Um, not I'm stuck somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's a good show. Yeah, you don't get that so much in Glencoe. Maybe a few deer blocking the road. 
Yeah, the <laughs> photographers. <laughs> yes, 30 other photographers. Yeah. I turned up at the wrong church once. That was exciting. No. Uh, yeah. I also started <laughs> shooting candids of the wrong no. wedding. <laughs> at what point did yeah. you realise? When, so it was, uh, it was early days. It was up at St Andrews and they've got two, it's like part of the uni. Mm-hmm. So there's two sort of massive, there's a big quadrangle in the middle and there's kind of two areas, two different areas you can do weddings. And um, it was a friend of a friend's wedding so and she was going to be at, at the wedding. So yeah, I just turned up and there was guests outside this area and I'd, I'd done maybe 10 minutes of candids. <laughs> and then Laura, this girl who's a friend of a friend's getting married, she shouted, Sean, what, what are you doing? <laughs> It's like over here. Whoops. So all the guests for the other wedding were, were kind of, the wedding I was meant to be at were inside. So, um, so bonus shots of somebody's random. Bonus shots of somebody else's wedding. So yeah, that was, uh, and I turned up at the wrong church. Um, so then I was running late and then, I, yeah, so I rocked, and then I got a nosebleed. Um, <laughs> From stress. So I turned up just, yeah, like late with a nosebleed. So yeah. <laughs> I was really professional back then. Hi, I'm your wedding photographer for today. Yeah, honestly. Well, there's quite a, there's a story. Um, so when Kate Moss got married, uh, so she got married in a little village in the Cotswolds. And obviously, you know, it was a big deal and there was lots of press and the village was pretty much closed off for the day. Yeah. But there was two churches in the village and there was a wedding going on at the same time in the other church with, you know, you sort of just your regular couple. And they were part way through the ceremony and the doors at the back opened up and with a bit of a flourish in came Elton John and David Finesh, who apologised profusely and went in and sat at the back of the church Right. Until yeah. the lady in front turned around and said, I think you want the other wedding in the other church, Sir Elton. Oh, <laughs> That's amazing. He turned up at just some randoms yeah. wedding. <laughs> Imagine, of all the gate crashes. Yeah, Elton John and David. That's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. But I don't think he had a nosebleed. <laughs> no. Oh, God, that, those were... Interesting days. I've got a better questionnaire now. I know where I'm at, you know. And this, yes. <laughs> this was before, this was kind of before Google Maps, I think. Oh, That's God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Give me your exact pinpoint, exactly where I need to be. Good old yeah. days. <laughs> I know. God. I use this now, this, um, what, three words? Have you ever used that? No. It's, um, it's an app and it's like every square, three by three meter square, all around the globe is is uh, given three um, individual words. So it's used by emergency services. If they want to find you, they can find you within like three meter by three meter square, mm-hmm. um, and it'll have a unique three, three words. Wow! So I've been using it for elopements when brides are asking on email, like, "What do you think is a good location spot and stuff?" And, and st- you can do it by Google Maps, but this gives you kind of exact. So, what kind of words do you get? Oh, they're, yeah, have a look. It's called What Three Words. Yeah, there's some really, they're random. Okay, right. Um, yeah. That's my mission. I'm going to accept it. So you can what? find out your house, find your house and your, okay. you know, what three words you're, you're kind of, wherever you're sitting or something. Yeah. Interesting. All right, I'll do it. I want to find out now yeah. what my house, what my three words are. I'll let you know yeah, when I see you at Thrive. Yeah. Oh, there's some beauties. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, well, listen, I'm going to wrap it up because we have passed okay. away for ages. And um, But thank you. Um, that was fascinating. You're very welcome. And don't stay up too late tonight with your editing. No. Have you still got work to do this evening? No, I'm going to leave it. I've, um, we're going to Poland on Sunday. Um, and I really wanted to get it out to the, the couple before then. So I just kind of hammered it. I've just got to tidy up a few things. So... Oh, tomorrow yes. tomorrow it will be done fingers crossed yeah. okay uh, but yeah i'm not nothing tonight i'm just going to chill out tonight okay well good luck with that and uh, and yeah thank you ever so much it was lovely thank you nice to chat to you see you later